Hello, and welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we are about to be on the line with Dave and Chris from the Dopey Podcast, which you've probably never heard of because it's a very different niche. But I'm really, really into this podcast, and Allie thinks I'm nuts. (laughs) (laughs) There, it's basically like this podcast. I think I started listening to it actually before we started our podcast. Um, I think I found it on iTunes when I was looking for an interview with Noah Levine, who started Against the Stream, which is this place I sometimes meditate in LA. Um, and I was sort of fascinated by it. So they call it the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And if you like DVR intervention or you were super into our Amy Dresner episode, this is that's like that's that's like a close match. 120 episodes of stories that are, I would say sometimes some of them are even more insane than Amy Dresner. I mean, like <laughs> these people talk about like shooting heroin with puddle water much in the same way Kelly Ripa would talk about Soul Cycle, but it's very funny and very interesting. And I think that first of all, like I'm sure so many of you suffer from I mean like everyone suffers from addiction or knows someone who suffers from addiction or just has had to like overcome something really big or really difficult. And I think that that's sort of the takeaway, that they see the humor in what they've done, you know, what's happened to them, et cetera. And they're just, I I actually went on their podcast to talk about my dry January, which has become much like Allie's pregnancy, the only thing we talk about. (laughs) Um, Just kidding. And Amanda's struggling. And I'm struggling like crazy. Um, But they're such, they're such nice, they're really funny, they're very smart, um, they're such nice guys and they kind of remind me of, I don't know, Allie, do you agree? You know, those guys, like when you went to college in the dorm down the hall that always had like booze and weed and oh, they're totally. just like by, there was like that aura of weed smoke mm-hmm. by their room. Totally. Yeah. I can and, see that. Like occasionally like one guy would like drop acid, puke in the hallway <laughs> and then be really apologetic the next day. <laughs> Totally. That's who they remind me of. And they're they're just That's they're awesome. So <laughs> this is sort of different than what we normally do, but I'm, you know, I Amanda's really very excited. I'm very excited. Well, because I started talking to like Dave and I have been like exchanging email. Um we were talking about podcasting in general, and then we I don't know, then um he's just they're they're both just very interesting people. So now um without any further ado, I will have them on. Hopefully without any technical difficulties. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Um, and if you like this, please write us a five-star review or just click five stars. If you're going to do like less than a five-star review, as I say, don't be a jerk. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> Hold on. Um, so what's the plan here? Well, the plan, where is, where is Dave? Yeah. Like, is he still yeah, pee? He's right here. He just went pee and he's... Okay, then, yeah, we're, we're recording. We're so, yeah, we're so ready. we did an intro with, without you guys. We're saying like what, who you guys were and Amanda was talking about her obsession I, that I love your podcast. podcast and that you guys remind me of like the the stoner guys like down the hall like in the dorm, you know? Yeah, are, uh, yeah. let me. Um, we are like those guys down the hall. <laughs> you can sit across from me. Actually, wait. Can you hear them already? Let me just sit here. Okay. Oh my god! I told like Allie's like laughing hysterically and trying not to laugh because we're recording. That's fine. This is as this sounds like, like a dopey episode. Yeah, it sounds like a dopey episode. <laughs> One second. I'm I'm so anal because um I'm insane from not smoking weed. I'm actually gonna voice memo this too, just because I get nervous. Well, no, I got I woke up at like four something in the morning because she's crazy. I'm no, I, it's been like a week long panic attack. Like the dry, the dry January has been like has been the worst. What did I say to someone? Wait, did you see that? Where I'm like, this was literally the worst decision of my life. I saw. I'm like, you are so fucking dramatic. <laughs> Amy, are you doing dry uh, driest January or whatever? She's too? pregnant. I'm pregnant. Oh, okay. so you better be doing dry. <laughs> I've been doing dry since I, was, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> Are you taking your prenatal vitamins? Yes, unfortunately, and they make me so sick. I hate them. Really? Yeah. They're horrendous. Are we recording now? Yeah, we we are recording. 
Okay. But but Do you guys um, have like a process where you edit it and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, it seems like your show might be worse than our show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we try not to edit. We don't like we 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 it's, don't like because I'm edit busy. It's like well, first off, we're super busy. Hence, things are too lazy to blog about. Yeah. And to like unless it's really bad or someone says something that really shouldn't go on. We don't take it out. We kind of feel like it's more fun to be, like, organic and, like, let the banter happen than actually, like, edit things out. I don't like listening to podcasts where I can tell shit's been taken out and, like, there's pieces. Shut up, because I have had to take stuff stuff (laughs) out. No, you've only had to do it for when things have happened, and it doesn't sound bad on our Or, like— I'm talking about other people, like, from the vines taking stuff out before, like, other podcasts I've listened to, and you can tell. You can tell all of a sudden something was asked that maybe shouldn't have been asked, and, like, maybe they should have prepped on it, and then, like, all of a sudden— we, we like, had that. We had that with someone, and I wanted to murder her team. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Exactly. I'm not gonna yeah, say who it exactly. is, but we had someone on who should have brought us very big numbers and was a lovely person, yeah. but did not. And then I had to edit, and it was just absolutely fucking it was, painful. It was a shit show. But exactly. check it out. Check it out. Chris has this theory, and I thought he was wrong, but it turns out he's right. That the bigger the celebrity, not necessarily the bigger the numbers. This is so you true. You look at like these yep. other people's podcasts and they have these fucking stupid celebrity interviews and nobody listens, nobody cares. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Bob Forrest said that his podcast that he did with Dr. Drew, we had higher numbers than him. Wow. Are you serious? And we've had like our friend, my friend from high school on it, you know? <laughs> and, that, and that was bigger than, well, none of our celebrities were real celebrities. No, but I think it what it boils down to is if you get somebody on who's a celebrity and they're willing to like post about it and share about it, that's what matters. Yeah, that's a big deal, completely. And also yeah, I think it's like the content too. We get some celebrities will really bring it and then others are kind of just like, boring and you're just like okay thanks for telling your life story but like now i can have a snooze fest and go to bed right the biggest mistake we made in our podcasting is that we had this kid nick reiner on many times and one time he's rob reiner's son and he's Mm -hmm. carl reiner's grandson and one time he had taken his phone out and he said do you want me to call my dad Said, no, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the biggest mistake we've made since we started Dopey. Everything else, every other decision we made has been perfect. Yeah. That was the only decision that I feel badly about. Wait, I, I I have a story like that that you'll that you'll appreciate because it involves um, your homeboy Artie Lang. I almost interviewed him for one of his, for his second book. Um, for Anna David's website, and I hadn't read the book. They're like, he can do it tomorrow. I'm like, can he do it next week? Like, I want to read the book, and it never ended up happening, and I'm like, oh, fuck that up. So I get it. It's like split-second decision. great, but Artie would have fucking given you a lot of shit. Yeah. Well, it would have just been, like, a pretty straight, like, celebrity phone interview, which I've done, like, a lot of them. We we had uh, Jamie Lee Curtis all lined up to come on Dopey, and then she listened to it and was like, "She didn't I, listen to it. Or she read about she it. She just read. She just read the blurbs about it. It's like fucking the gayest episode or the, the pee my pants Jesus story. She's like, like, I don't think so. She's like, I don't think I can be associated with this. So she backed out. Well, it's actually it's a really funny story because she emailed us and her email says Jamie Guest. She's married to who? Christopher Guest. Yeah, so she emails it. She just wrote, "How do she goes? How do how do we do?" No, you got it. You got it. You got it. Set up okay, the story. so Dave Dave had met Jamie Lee Curtis at his place of work. He gave her a card and asked her to be on, and she agreed to do it. And like that's happened with other celebrities, and they usually don't like like you know reach out to us. <laughs> none, at, at, none as big as Jamie yeah, Lee Curtis. So, so she fucking reaches out to us. She emails us from this. We get this email from Jamie Guest, and we get a lot of weird emails. We get crazy, crazy yeah. kook emails. So she just said that the subject is <laughs> podcast, and she said. How do we do this? And then I, I didn't <laughs> respond. And then like, uh, like 12 hours later, I'm like, whatever. I said, do what? No, I, I, I look, I'm hanging out with my daughter. And I see, how do we do this? And I'm like, do what? Oh, and God. She goes, podcast? And she just writes podcast. And I wrote, Question mark. You mean like be on it? Yeah, no, I didn't do that. And then I was like, just this dumb bitch. Like, I'm, pardon my French. That's not how I speak. But I was like, in my head, that's like, not how you speak. Yeah. No, when you go on the podcast, you, you talk like that. No, but I say, like, I'm like, there's this dumb Who's this bitch. stupid And it wasn't, con. it wasn't, but I just want to clarify that word. It wasn't dumb bitch in terms of, like, a woman. It was just, like, anybody. I would have said, does this dumb bitch, male or female, do they, do they want <laughs> us to teach us? Do they want us to teach her or him how to do a podcast? And then, like, <laughs> hours later, like, 
Oh, wait, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> yeah, no, they, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm doing this big dinner for my family. I'm cooking vegetables. And I'm thinking, you know, I was thinking, like, we're very accomplished that some kook is like, how do we do this? And I'm thinking, like, I'm feeling good about myself. And Chris, he texts me. He's like, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? And I was like, holy shit. Because I remembered her husband's name was Guest. And I thought it was, like, guest, like, if you're at a hotel, they call you guest. Oh, God. Something. Yeah. This so is... I wrote back quickly. I was like, holy shit, is this Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. And she was did... like, yes. Wait, did you actually write, holy shit, question mark, is this Jamie Lee Curtis? I did write something yeah. like that. I wrote, like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And then I wrote, do you want to come on? And she goes, yes. And I said, well, do you want to prepare a story or do you want to wing it? And she wrote, wing it. And I said, okay, come up with a, just see if you can come up with a particularly gnarly story and, and we'll do what we do. Yeah. And then I went like watching TV with my pseudo wife yeah. and um, my, my uh, fiance. Baby mama. <laughs> and, uh, and I was, I was bragging to her about Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh God. Show, and we were like, I couldn't, I was all excited and blah, blah, blah. And the next thing I know, we get an email that says, sorry, uh, I'm not going to do your show. I take my recovery very seriously. I didn't even know she was sober. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. The first thing she when I met her at the restaurant, she <laughs> said, I, I ran out. I saw her, like, at the cashier. And I run, like, Bugs Bunny, I ran out the back. Oh, my God. So I would be waiting in front of the store, and I'm smoking a cigarette casually. And I'm like, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing here? And she was like, hey, whatever. And I was like, I do this podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. Do you want to be on? And she goes, well, I'm clean. And I said, yeah, I'm clean, too. And she goes, well, I'm a dope fiend. I said, oh, yeah, God. I'm a dope fiend, too. And she said, um, she said, okay, I'll come on. And I took my waiter pad and I wrote down all the information. And she's like, I'll email you. And I was like, yeah, right. So that was the, the preamble. In the end, I told her how serious we were about our recovery. And she wasn't buying it. She said, let's be friends. Yeah, let's be friends. And she hasn't been a good friend to me either since then. <laughs> so no friendship. I don't even find her that. I mean, I guess I should find her interesting. I guess, like, because she's so much older. Like, I sound like the biggest bitch ever. But, like, I don't know. Like, she's, like, way, way. And I like things way before my time. But she's, like, even way, way, way before my time. I love her. I think she's pulling off the short hairdo pretty good. She's hot still, yeah. <laughs> even though she's, like, 70. And not to mention, though, my resentment for Jamie Lee Curtis past all that. <laughs> Like, Twitter is such a fucking horror show for anybody who's not like Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, God. I'm looking at Twitter, and she writes, I'm feeling like a Stevie Wonder kind of mood. And it's like 10,000 likes. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. I'm feeling like a Stevie Wonder too, mood, too, and nobody fucking cares. <laughs> anyway. So, so how did you get, for, for the blog ads, for people who have no idea who you are, so how did you end up, how did you two meet each other, and how did you start this podcast? Because so, I'm sort of fascinated by other people who start podcasts, like their reasons, etc. Dave, you want to quarterback that? You want me to answer? Me to. I do. I'll let you answer. Okay. It was, um, it was May 2012, 11, in the hills of... Connecticut, Canaan, biblical-sounding town. I showed up um, straight out of a detox with a broken nose, packed Marlboro Reds, and I'm smoking and regaling the, uh, the the rehab community with my incredible stories. And in the background, I see this very strange, tall, weird-looking guy who looks like he's from an Abercrombie and Fitch ad sitting there with this very stupid smile and this tranquil look on his face. And I, go, I start talking to him, and he's very much like the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant who's actually Catholic um, version of the big chief in um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This strange character who's been, it's a 28 day program and he's been there for like six months. <laughs> like, That's like not a good sign. A particular way. And he's, he's just, and, and he'll talk to me like for two hours a day and then he'll disappear for three days yeah. and then he'll come up smiling again. He's like, I'm hiding in my closet today. Jesus. I feel like doing Well, his backstory is I would hide in my closet to skip group. That's why. They go to they go look in your room to see if you're going into the groups and stuff. And I had already been to rehab 14 times at, at this point, so I was kind of checked out. You know? <laughs> I wasn't big for making friends. And, like, you go to rehab and it's sort of just, like, kind of like high school all over again. And I had done the whole social 
hierarchy of talking to people and and i just was like so checked out at that point in my life so that's that's why i was like the big chief if you will <laughs> and then um we hung out a bit and 28 days later i left mm-hmm. and i got chris's number and we kind of kept in touch a little bit mm-hmm. and we had a mutual friend pass away that was in their rehab yeah, yeah our friend died and then that's years awful on and i did this um pretty successful web series that Chris thought was very funny and cool yeah. and he would always ask me about it yeah. and then and then I had this stupid idea that I would uh, take shirts like like a brand of shirt like a Nike or a Supreme and I would change it and, um, yeah. and Oyve was a total uh, not failure, failure. Total failure. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for yeah. the total <laughs> failure and, but Chris texts me in the height of it and he says yo Dave I don't think this oyve is a good idea. And I know you're going to have an idea that's going to hit, and I want to be a part of it. And oyve, just, uh, you guys, was on the coattails of Dave's um, YouTube series. Someone paid to create a pilot, which he pitched to, like, HBO and Netflix, which was also a failure. So David had a I wouldn't few, call that a failure. Had, had a you're so mean. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a failure. I even want to tell her audience what it is because it's so good. Yeah. My web series is good, Amanda. You saw it. I saw it. It is really good. It's it's very I mean, funny. If you think that was uh, the, the, the web series, the pilot was much, much better. Wait, there's a whole pilot? Yes. It's not good. The Wait, can you good. can you please email it to me? You won't give it to me even. What? Right. He showed it in a couple. He's all touchy. He thinks his web series is better because he, the other one had, you know, he didn't have as much creative control, so he didn't. Like I didn't it. like the situations these people put. Me it's in. like Louis. Dave's like this down and out waiter. It reminds me of like the character Louis C.K. and then uh, Louis Louis C.K. Where it's like kind of just like he has this pathetic life. He masturbates ex- in front of his friends. He's an ex junkie and you know masturbate. No, that's a Louis C.K. Uh, uh, Wait, the the HBO one? No, you know no, the no, FX no. one. Oh, okay. Um, so, anyway, yeah, so my, my web series failed because the, we had a, a disagreement between us and the, um, the company that I made the shopping arrangement with, um, and not to mention nobody picked it up. Yeah. So Chris was like, Chris thought I could do something cool, and Chris wanted to do something cool. Wait, 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 wait. Dave also had a failed cookie, too. <laughs> you love to bring up the failures, wow. Like, you guys are like... You're just so hard on on Chief, and I feel really bad. Don't feel bad. I can. I'm the tough cook. The silver lining is is that in all of Dave's failures, I saw potential success, and I said I want to be associated with something that you do. It's listen. Point. You call it failure. I call it process. Yeah, probably, I, I call it process too. It's process. It's a process that led us to dope. Amy, are you listening? Allie, <laughs> I got the wrong name there. <laughs> and then I'm calling it the wrong name. I blame that. Allie, I apologize. No worries. Um, you with us? I'm, I, I'm listening. I, I'm laughing because I'm like, you guys are so mean to each other with your failures. He hasn't even started on Chris's failures, but yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> but you know what a black and white cookie is? Of course. They're one of my favorites. We love them. So I created a, a new style <laughs> of black and white cookie where one side is black and the other side is white. So it's black and white in every bite. It's called the Othello. And Sounds I was so good. Work, but the problem was that my baker was this Dominican teenage girl who also baked weed edibles. <laughs> so my cookie wound up tasting like No, wait, wait, that wasn't the problem. Let me just <laughs> clarify. So this was the problem. Dave, with all his business acumen, he runs batches of 30 to 50 cookies from at a time. And he, and from the Bronx. <laughs> and then he sells them in his place of work. They sell it in a day. And then he does another batch in three months. I'm like, dude, you got to print 10,000 of these and go pound pavement and put them in the store. So, you know, the idea was good, but the follow-through was... was I think it's a really... Wait, do you know who Bethany Frankel is from Real Housewives of New York? Who doesn't? Okay, so she had this thing called Bethany Bakes, which she had, like... Which was, like, her first business that failed. And she made these, like, vegan cupcakes that sold at, like, the Food Emporium on First Avenue and 59th. That's no longer existed. That's when my daughter was conceived, very close to that supermarket. Wait, are you serious? Oh, yeah. There's a building on 57th between 1st and whatever is east of 1st over there. And that is where my daughter was conceived in a very luxurious shower. (laughs) I am, wait, I am, I'm dying right now. Wait, it was. At the Excelsior, 
<laughs> I used to live on 63rd between York and First. That's why. That's why I laugh. I'm like picturing the building. <laughs> I had come home from California and I was homeless and I was just clean off of heroin and my parents had a friend with a cat that offered me to live there if I took care of the cat. Oh God! It was this beautiful apartment <laughs> and I lived there and that's where we conceived uh, our child. That's and really. Wow. That's really the sweet. Oh, that's a really fancy building. Oh, yeah, I don't play around. <laughs> you you do wait, not wait, fuck wait, around. Wait, really quick before we back to Dopey. There was three styles of the Othello cookie. One was black and white in every bite. One was white on white, which was all of the privilege and none of the guilt. And the third was the black on black cookie, which was so delicious it could be a crime. That sounds like my kind of cookie because I, whenever I used to get black and white cookies back in New York with my family, I would always have just the black. Like, I would take a tiny piece of the white just to not be, like, totally, you know, against the white part of the cookie, but, like, I really like, I'm a chocoholic, so I really like the black part, and I would always just take off the chocolate, but it was perfect, because, like, every guy I dated wanted the white, including my husband now, my brothers wanted the white, so it was, like, all good, until, of course, then my youngest brother was born, and then he decided he wanted the chocolate, and I was like, okay, I do not want to share a half fucking black and white cookie, so that became an issue, so I like the idea of the black and black, because I feel like that would have worked real well for my dynamic. I, I actually just like the vanilla mo- I guess I take oh, a little see? bit of the chocolate I'm the opposite a- Ali and I are shared. very perfect. like yin and yang but that's perfect see we could have shared black and white cookies I know you we- could share a black and white cookie successfully yeah, but you couldn't share an Othello it seems <laughs> no, we couldn't. Probably, nope, probably no, not. but that sounds so good, though. Yeah, like, it does. Okay, let's stop talking about chocolate. I know, I know. She's like pregnant. I'm pregnant. And, and, and I'm, gonna I, get, I'm gonna get up from our podcast and go find food. I'm on the I'm on the um, dry January. I'm too stressed out to eat diet, so I will probably not be eating a cookie. But it does sound good. <laughs> it sounds really good. <laughs> so, long story short, um, Dave had all these failed sort of oh ventures, God. and I wanted to be associated with something he did, and. We, Why uh, did you want to be associated with something I did if I was such was a failure? Because I had fun talking to you and stuff. Basically, oh, how sweet! <laughs> no, I had fun even like when you were going through the whole last Jewish waiter thing. You'd call me all neurotic about you know the, the offers you were getting and stuff. And it was just fun being like you know talking to you about. Because I was such an exciting and successful guy. It was exciting. I don't know about successful. Right. And I. Uh, so then he he had the idea of doing this addiction podcast, and basically Dave and I would get together, you know, a lot of the times and just tell stories and talk about life and sobriety. So I was like, let's do it. Well, the idea was this. When I would listen to, like, Artie Lang, Artie Lang was a big piece of the idea because when I'd hear him on the Howard Stern show being high or talking about what drugs he did, I just, I knew what he was doing, and I was like, holy shit, that could be a good podcast. And Chris... I, Chris had the best drugstore. I mean, I've been to a billion detoxes and rehabs and whatever, and nobody's stories, like, came close to Chris's stories because they were just so fucking crazy. And Chris was like, I want to do something, and I was always very jealous of the idea of being able to do a podcast because I've always wanted to have a radio show. I've always wanted to just shoot the shit. And then I knew Chris had this amazing... um girth of uh information and stories and and like fucking girth i knew he'd be good and also i was always good at making chris laugh so i knew that if he came on i could make him laugh and he could tell these ridiculous stories and it could be a show and then after we got through a few show uh stories of just uh, shows of just stories it became obvious to me that we could do a show that was a talk show about recovery and like that and people who are dope fiends uh current or in recovery don't have that like, we have a lot of fun talking about recovery and drugs, and nobody else does that. But it's, like, yeah. 75% really about about drugs, and it's sort of, like, I don't want to say it's, like, a guilty pleasure, but, like, it's just really, like, insane stories to just, like, like hear. It's, like, tell me a story, you know, about that time you got really fucked up and got arrested and almost killed someone, like... It's, totally. it's completely, like, I don't know, it's completely voyeuristic, and it's completely fascinating. And, to, and everybody has, you know, those stories. I mean, not everybody, but, I mean, a, a, a large percentage of the population, whether they're in recovery or not, or whether they need to be in recovery or not, has those stories about drinking too much or smoking pot. Or they or know somebody happened. that has some crazy yeah, story. Yeah, and then it's just, you know, we, we do, do those and listen to those, and then we take it a bit further because we were junkies and cokeheads too um and then the silver lining 
for us is uh, so it helps people get sober, the people that need it, you know. For others, it's just entertainment or guilty pleasure. Yeah, that's cool. That's I think that's really it's I don't know. I was saying when when I interviewed you guys, I think you guys have really good hearts. Like I feel like there's something very much in the right place. <laughs> they're, la- they're laughing at you. Oh, fuck you. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, continue. What were you saying? I didn't mean no, I'm just saying I know I have a good heart. <laughs> I my heart's pretty good. Chris I likes to pretend. He pretends, <laughs> he pretends he has a good heart, but no. It's it's a it's Chris has a good heart too. Yeah. Just yeah. Of course. Continue. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So I I was also going to say so. You were just sort of doing this. It's funny. Like, I think a lot of everyone who has a podcast has their own challenges um, with it. And so what I don't understand is, and I, I think I said this to to Dave, but I could be wrong. You guys are, like, four hours away from, like, logistically, how do you make this work? Because we can barely make it work. I'm 40 minutes away from Allie, and, you know... It's not nearly as bad as how. So how do you guys do this? How do you how do you make That's it work? You're a con end, Amanda. I uh, I know. That's your guys' problem. <laughs> you have no idea how you do. I was gonna say after that episode, you fucking do. We're we're super busy women, so yeah. it's like our schedules are. Besides the fact that like I'm pregnant and that adds a million other things to it, like. I buy craft. I buy craft. I'm a celebrity stylist, so I'm always busy with clients and styling them and getting people ready for different things. And like different drama comes down the line all the time, so I have to change my schedule constantly. And then you know, I just did Bravo's show strip and been doing like interviews and projects for that. So there's just been like a lot going on. And then like Amanda also, as you know, writes for you know so many different like outlets and has deadlines as well. So it's like really hard to get our schedules to sync up because it's almost impossible like we just have to wing it because it's like every time we try to make a schedule we can never <laughs> follow it because something comes up it's true though it's like every all... time we write something and we're like this is the schedule it's like something will come up for me and I'm like hey I have to push this or you're like hey I'm on deadline I can't do that day like it's just it's just it is or, what it or is. I'm like Ali please don't talk to me I have to <laughs> fucking write exactly so I mean like it is what it is for us <laughs> yeah well we have a, a similar sort of difficulty where we're both busy um, I generally come to Dave, and we either record in Manhattan or in Southampton. And uh, Dave has a family, so it's more difficult for him. It's not really feasible for him to come to Boston. But what we do is when we do meet, we usually record like three episodes, you know, at least two, so up to four sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we really only have to meet, you know, once, once every month. three weeks or once a month. I was going to say, see, we're tw- I wish we were, you guys are once a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're twice a week. I I wish we that was your fault. I know that was no. Well, what happened was we started like it was once a week, but then I'm like, oh, we we had like a celebrity interview. I can't remember who it was, but I'm like, oh, we should just put this up now. And then it became this bonus episode, and now it's twice a week, and we're we're both so totally drained. So we may we may cut it back when she has the baby. But um, one thing I wanted to ask is that. You know, you do this, obviously, like, your last names are not attached to it. You know, how does, like, your family feel about, like, really airing all of your dirty laundry on your podcast? Uh, well, my father won't listen to it. <laughs> I hear the stories. My mom is curious enough where she might want to listen to it, but uh, I don't know if she knows how to, like, figure out how to actually play a podcast and as they're older. Um... Uh, <laughs> My sister listens to it. I don't really care if she does. My brother listens a little bit. I mean, I'm a little embarrassed. I have, like, one story I've never told on Dopey, and it's like... And I tell pretty... He tells some pretty crazy stories. And there's, like, one story I'll just never tell on the show. Um... And that's just considering no, he's my family. Or he'll tell the story when it, Artie Lane comes, Lang on, the comes on. I'll tell the story. That's what I'm saying. Wait, now I want to campaign for him to come on the show because I want to hear this one, this one story. Wait, will you just explain sort of your your story? Because I feel like you like you came from a wealthy family and then you've been like in prison. Like that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, the the reason I didn't go to prison for much, much longer, like 10 years plus, was because my family had resources 
in deep pockets and everybody knows that you can hire legal counsel that gets you special deals. So, I mean, I probably should have spent, I mean, altogether, I spent a little over a year and a half in jail. I never was in prison. My Sorry, I get confused. Yeah, my sentences are six months a year and three months, and you do about two-thirds time in Southern California. And I uh, I should have done way, way more time for my, my uh, charges. But, um, again, because my, my family and my parents were able to hire, like, special attorneys and stuff, you know, I was given, like, diversionary sentences and, and much less actual incarceration time. Um, but, uh, my story is just like run of the mill. Actually, there's a lot of privileged kids who had bad addiction that have similar sort of stuff happen. And it was just, I was forced into treatment at like, you know, I, I went the first time sort of willingly and then I committed this big crime, which was, I, I robbed a veterinarian for phenobarbital. It's really funny though. It's a really funny way. Can I just say like, blog ads, like listen to that. I don't remember what episode that is. The but first one. First one. It's the first one. It's the it's hilarious. It does, I know, like you're like, what the fuck am I? Like Amanda, what the fuck are you saying? But like I'm telling you, it's hilarious. <laughs> Amanda and Allie and the and the bloggets and whoever's listening, go on YouTube and Google Dopey Episode One because I animated the, that what the phenobarbital story with pictures and it's it's pretty good. I have to say. If I do say so myself. It took me two weeks to do 22 minutes. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I committed that crime, and then I basically got bailed out, and I had to spend years fighting my case in inpatient treatment. So I was in all these different rehabs around, you know, L.A. and Orange County, um, sometimes relapsing in the rehab while I was there, fighting this case for years. And then I got my sentence, and my sentence was first sentence was six months in jail and a year of rehab after jail and I'd already been in rehab for two years straight like not like sober living like the rehab where you go to group all day and you can't leave I'd already done that for like two years and um and I just kept running away from treatment I do the jail time they'd send me to treatment they sent me to one in New Jersey and I ended up making booze and running away from there and then I get picked up and went back to jail and then I ran away from rehab again and then and then they were like you're fucked like they're like I went in and they were like the judge was like seven years no wiggle room like you know and I hadn't committed new crimes I just kept running away from treatment and uh my family hired you know new attorneys I had dual representation from Boston and Orange County at all my court cases and they argued that a uh, traumatic brain injury I had got which was uh from skiing drunk when I was 17 <laughs> leading in my frontal lobe they argued that traditional methods of treatment didn't work for me, which was kind of bullshit and a ruse. To get I think it was pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, it was probably pretty accurate. He destroyed his brain. He's like, it was a ruse. And you sit with him, and it's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> the area where I had bleeding in my brain, it's your frontal lobe, which controls like executive functioning and impulse control, but it doesn't mess your mess up your, your intelligence. Like, your IQ stays the same. So... By all, like, I Chris seen... somehow had it manifest with all of these. All of these. It's an untraditional so, form of brain injury. So anyways, the judge was like, eh, I don't know about this shit, this brain injury stuff. So he <laughs> sentenced me to a year in jail. And then I, after I got out of jail, I had to complete a traumatic brain injury institution. And so I was in a place where my roommate wore a diaper and would shit himself. And <laughs> my other roommate, like, he literally couldn't stop talking. He would never... If you'd start talking to him, the first thing they said to me was like, you don't have to be polite to Mike. And Mike would just literally never stop talking. He didn't understand facial cues of, like, boredom and stuff. And you'd actually have to get up and just walk away from him. And it was like – and I was there eight months. It was, like, literally the first day they give you a box. And, um, you know, you take, like, the small bus from, like, this apartment clinic – apartment complex in Bakersfield, California oh. to, like, the, the like, uh, brain clinic where you do, like, kind of, like, intelligence games all day. And the first – the first day, they give me a box, and it has a, a, a circle hole, a square hole, a star hole, and a triangle hole, and four blocks. And then they start the stopwatch and have me put the blocks in the holes. And I was, you know, the test got harder, but I was doing shit like that for, like, eight months. Which is like, I'm the smartest person in the world. <laughs> oh, I did it as quick as I could. I was like, I'm going to set the record here. That was like me on my KSAC bus. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and then basically I just continued having jackpots, which is the term for like big consequences due to active addiction. And, um, and then finally, like the, the, the change started to happen where I, I met a doctor I, I came back out to Boston. I met a doctor at McLean's, which is a Harvard affiliated psychiatric hospital. I was there for detox 
and he was going through my biopsychosocial, which is like you're using history and stuff. And um, I was an alcoholic, cokehead junkie. But he saw I would do shit like LSD, and I was doing these weird things called research chemicals before they were well known. And and he asked me about it, and I was like, ah, I'm doing all this stuff. You wouldn't even know what it is. It's like these strange hallucinogenics from China that I'm ordering. <laughs> and and the doctor knew all about them. And he's like, you know, he's like, you what you what are you searching for with these hallucinogenics? Because it's weird if you're a heroin addict to still be doing those things. And um, he basically was like you can, what you're looking for, I kind of like this glimpse into the spirit world, and he's like, what you're looking for, you know, that connection to something beyond yourself, you can find that with mindfulness-based activities, and he suggested I try yoga, specifically Ashtanga yoga, and where to go, and I went and fucking did it, and I had never really done anything for myself, you know, for my own recovery at that point in my life, and I practiced yoga, and I experienced sort of like a little bit of a psychic change where for the first time in my life, um, that bondage of self that's tied in with addiction, that feelings of restlessness, irritability, and discontentedness, which is how I lived my life, and I treated those feelings with substances, that went away with the yoga. And um, and uh, that wasn't the, you know, I didn't have a direct path to sobriety from then. I relapsed twice after that, but ultimately, like, that's what changed my life and led me to programs like uh, two 12-step programs and to other, you know, sort of spiritual practices. And, and like, those are the things today that keep me away from a, a drink and a drug. And what about dope? And dopey, too. And dope. We used to do dope, but now we do dope. There you go. <laughs> Wait, how do you get that out of yoga? Because whenever I go to yoga, except for this one place, because all they do is play, like, you know, like, Biggie and, like, Tupac, I just yeah, want to leave. Going to yoga, you're going to yoga works, hip-hop yoga? No, no, I go to Playlist. Well, so there's two different, there's sort of like, and what I've seen in sort of like the American or Western interpretation of yoga is there's like kind of like the exhale sort of yoga where, and I'm a member of exhale too. Oh, I love exhale. It's fucking nice. They wash the mat for you, but, and it's like Fancy. You see people sitting on their mat and they're on their phone <laughs> up until class starts and it's like, they're jockeying for the seat. Everybody's in Lululemon and it's, it's. It's, an, it's asanas, but the asanas, which are postures, it's just an exercise, you know, but there are studios out there where yoga is more than just the asanas, you know, you get into the yamas and niyamas and like, it, there's actually like sort of a code and a way to live by where if you go to those studios and the people who practice there, they actually live according to sort of spiritual principles and that's tied in with the practice. And if you do focus on the breath work as it syncs up with the postures, it's sort of a, it's a meditative practice, you know, that really can rewire your brain. And once that starts happening, you might start to feel connection to something beyond yourself. Dave's shaking his head. He thinks I'm full of shit. I, I know he's. <laughs> I I feel a connection <laughs> to the clock. Whenever I go to yoga. Anything is that he gets to explain this to you. That's what Chris gets from this shit. It's just like let me say something about Chris. Okay, I love him. I think he's very bright, he's handsome, he's funny, he's fun to be with, but he never had any real hobbies or interests. And yoga was the one thing he got into, and it really gave him something to uh, identify himself with. Now he has yoga, uh, podcasting, and being a PsyD student. And these are the things that get Chris to, you know, he only had drugs. I did remote control cars until I was like 12. I mean, that's exactly my point. Tell me in all sincerity that when you do yoga, you have a glimpse into some psychedelic okay, land. Okay, now we're going to be total authenticity here. When I first started practicing yoga and I was really vigilant about it, I experienced something that was totally different. There was a magic to it. There was a magic to meditating, too, when I was at Mountainside, where I would do it every day. I, I really too. felt something... That magicness, it's like sort of gone today. Do you know what I mean? Where like, I, I don't know if it was a placebo effect where I put a bunch of faith in it. Are you sweating right now? Am I? <laughs> I'm not sweating. I'm just I'm asking. I, you're the one with BO. You've got the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so I worked all weekend and I, I forgot to put deodorant on. Our, we're probably the biggest heathens they've ever had on their feet. No, <laughs> no, this is like. It's hilarious. No, no, no. I keep this laughing. is hilarious. Quiet. Like, like Ali is trying to not <laughs> laugh hysterically, but like when she heard the. Um, I played her part of the Craigslist couch episode and I said like please don't be horrified I swear they're really funny and she was like looking at me like I was a fucking lunatic and then I'm like no trust me they're really funny they're gonna be good did you think the Craigslist thing was funny Allie or no? No I did think it was very funny <laughs> <laughs> that's like my, that's like, 
Is that one of the Irish guys? We bought the couch? Yeah, I like I that. thought that was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Can you smell me? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I can I, smell I, it. I apologize. It's bad. I apologize if you're listening to my Fair. My family, uh, my family. Wait, just to finish your question. <laughs> yeah, when I practice yoga now, I don't experience like a connection sort of to God or something or to something beyond myself. I sometimes when I've done work with other alcoholics, um, I'll experience something kind of that's beyond me where it's like something might come out of my mouth that I'm like, God, I didn't even fucking say that because like I'm not that smart and humble. Um, and in those moments, though, that's similar to sort of what I experienced in that beginning with yoga, which I really did. All the shit I just said, yeah, I'm spewing all the stuff about the asanas and re- rewiring your brain and connection. Like, I really believe that's true, but the, the reality is, and this is what you're calling me out on, is I don't practice yoga vigilant enough in my life to experience anything like that. However, I really believe in my heart that if I did, I would experience all those things again. No, I, I feel that way about meditation. Wait, have you ever meditated with Noah Levine, who was on your show? His name is Levine. It's Levine. <laughs> no, 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 it's Levine. I've, I interviewed him once for, I forget what website, and I used to go to Against the Stream all the time, but it's no longer convenient for me. He came on Dopey, and he, he assured me that he was a Jew, and his name is Levine. <laughs> no, it's Levine. <laughs> mine, mine is Levine, but, Allie he, but his Levine. is Levine. His, his is Levine. Yeah. I don't know why you think it's Levine, but it's definitely Levine. <laughs> People fuck that up for me all the time, too. Like, that they mess up Levine and say Levine or Levin or Levinye or whatever the hell they Levinye? try Levinye? Yeah, I get, like, all kinds of... Jews say Levine, and normal Jews say Levine. That's, 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 trust me, I'm Jewish. You should know this stuff, Amanda. What's wrong with you? No, I. But he pronounces it Levine, which I always think is very weird. But like, it's de- like I used to take classes with him all of the time, and it, he definitely pronounced it that way. And I always felt awkward. Like I don't think you can pronounce your last name correctly. But like, I can't say that to him. I said that to him. But <laughs> like, he's so nice. Like he won't correct people. He's just so super chill. Like he's on like another level. Yeah, he's a good dude. He was good on our show. Yeah. He, um, uh, no, I've never uh, meditated with him, but there's some people who listen to our show that go to refuge recovery meetings, which is sort of like. um, She used to go. Amanda used to go. No, I mean, I've been to like a few, but I would mostly go to against, well, so against the stream was a place that he opened and then that came out of there. But they have the meetings at Against the Stream. I've been to a few, but I'm not emotionally open right now, clearly because I'm a train wreck. So that's the understatement of the year. Publicist is not going to like that. Oh. Your publicist is not going to like any of this. No, no, she's no, she's definitely not, which is why we're not going to tell Kelly. Um, but. Kelly to publicize Dopey, maybe? A little free consultation? <laughs> she doesn't do no free, honey. <laughs> How much does Kelly charge? We can talk off podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the way I need to know. You found something. You, want, yeah, you, found, you found buttons. Push the button. What do you mean? <laughs> something that they don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't speak for my publicist. She has to shoot. Ha- I, I can make an intro, but... Yeah, no, she uh, she's like one of the top top people. Like she started the Kardashians back in the day before they were an actual train wreck, and they were actually like someone to want to be. Yeah, she around. was like one of the first Kardashian publicists. Yeah, if yeah. you gotta slide us the number, I'm gonna see if I can convince her to start doing some pro bono work on the <laughs> Dave tries to farm out everything for Dopey to random people. Well, no, when I tried to give you Twitter advice, you were so totally confused. <laughs> Do you oh, see right. my Twitter is thriving at the moment? Do you see all the... Because you listen to me. Twitter's been thriving. People just don't think it is because Instagram's, like, where everybody's at. But Twitter has been thriving forever. Like, back in the day, like, that's how you did business. Like, I got some of my first celebrities to style from Twitter, let alone anything else. Allie, do you know Aaron Hirsch? That name rings a bell. Wait, why does this person sound familiar? Yeah. She's a stylist out there that I know. Doesn't matter. I think she's on The Voice. Maybe. Oh, I hate that show. I'm so over it. <laughs> so, wait, so, Dave. My family hated Dopey, but my dad, my dad loved Dopey. My daughter's mother hated Dopey, but then she started to realize how many people we were helping. So Aww. she, she kind of came around. Oh, that's nice. But what I really want is if, when she comes on Dopey, it's going to be, the, it's going to be like if they did podcast, do they do podcasting awards? 
I think so, yeah. yeah. We when, do? when Linda comes on so. movie, we will get podcasting awards. It'll be that heartfelt. But what is she like? I feel like she's probably really tough on you. That that's who I imagine the, the wifey is. She's pretty tough. She's she's, she's very she's a tough lady. She's very beautiful. She's she's, she's very, very she's way out of Dave's league. Yeah. Way out. <laughs> she is. She's very, very beautiful. She's very like opinionated. She's tough. Um, but she's fun too. Linda's, Linda, I mean, I don't even want to say, it, but right now she's especially fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're doing good, and we have a great kid. And um, one of the reasons we're anonymous is because I really don't want my daughter to Google my name and have that I used to see, have seizures all the time, and my needle would jam when I was shooting dope, and all this fucking stuff. I don't want her friends to be like, "Oh, your dad's a junkie." Yeah. Like, I don't really want her to have to deal with that so much. Right. Yeah. No, that's understandable, because I said that to Amanda. I was like, why are they anonymous? I don't get it. But that actually makes a lot of sense, because you have, like, and being that I'm pregnant and having a little girl, like, there's a lot of things I wouldn't maybe necessarily want her to find, and my name is already out there, and, like, <laughs> it is what it is. So, I mean, I um, I get that, and uh, I respect that. Like, and I think it's cool. When do you do? Allie, when do you do? I'm due at the end of March, early April. Right on. Yep. I'm in the home stretch right now, so I'm like slowly, like you know, just poor Amanda. I'm like, she like she keeps talking about like when she was get will get pregnant down the road, and she like, makes me not want to get like, pregnant. She's like being around you makes me not want to get pregnant. And I'm like, well, at least you know that I'm not sugarcoating shit. Wait, wait, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I don't even think I've told my husband this. So I had been taking prenatals because my husband has baby fever, Beyond and you're supposed to fever. take it like for six months to a year before you try to conceive. It like helps you. And I literally, and I, and I've been so horrified by your pregnancy. It's the only drug I immediately got off of. I can't even. Like, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with these prenatals. I, I finished the last little gummy bear, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> when, I, when my daughter's mother got pregnant, right, she, you know, because she partied and stuff, and she just stopped doing everything that she did. Um, I didn't. And, um, and I wasn't ready for it, but she became instantly ready. Um, and I would, I would just, I think that if you got pregnant, you would become instantly ready. I told her that. I was like, you kind of like, has said yeah. this to me. And I, I picture my pregnancy as like a massive nervous, like I would do, like I go to Costco and buy, um, what's it called? Pregnancy test. She does. <laughs> I always, I'm like terrified even though, and I, well, I also think it's cause I only want a boy. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. All she wants is a boy. I'm like, well, there's a 50-50 chance, so. <laughs> but it's, no, it's it's insane, right? So, but so she was, so she was, like, fine. She just, like, got over everything. Like, oh, I'm pregnant. Time to not be, like, an asshole. Yes, because you're carrying, I keep telling you this, you're carrying another life. So, like, all of a sudden you realize how unselfish you can be as a human being. And you're like, <laughs> okay, let me not fuck my child up. Let me not do Botox and fillers. Let me not okay, drink. That, that will be the hardest. My skin still looks good. I would no, your, your, skin do, your skin does look good, but I, I enjoy the Botox and the fillers. So do I, but there's, like, literally studies that, like, if you do Botox and filler, it can actually paralyze, like, the fetus in the womb. So, like, knowing that and then going, oh, I really want my face to look good, like, where are you really going to fall on the scale? I, I know you. Like, yes, you are dark, and yes, you can be <laughs> fucked up. You're not that I'm mean. not going like, to, no. I'm not going to, like, fuck up my, that's my unborn so that's, future So that's his point. It's like, when, when you actually are, you're kind of forced to get ready because you're just like oh shit well this is happening and like they're already in there and like growing and creating and two like I mean you know it's his wife so it's not like he's not feeling it but like I told you like, I feel her every day so it's like when you feel them like mommy don't moving, fuck me up exactly moving inside of you and constantly like last night like Emmy and I like Emmy my my assistant we were sitting like on the couch and she was holding my stomach and she's like oh my god and she was literally moving and you could just see her like moving throughout my whole belly like it is trippy but like like, so exciting at the same time, and you're like, wow, I'm really creating a life. Like, hashtag no big deal. So you're not going to do things to fuck your child up. I mean, hopefully not. Well, that was the point of dry January, which I think is going to be a massive failure. It doesn't have to be a failure. Also, Amanda, there's another study that says if you conceive doggy style, the chances of it being a male are increased. Yes, they are. Wait, are you, this wait, is true. what? Yeah. That's totally it's a myth, but that's what they say. <laughs> wait, don't say, like, so now I will know not to fuck my husband doggy style, but when, like, we want a baby, we will only be fucking doggy style. If you were a 
reverse cowgirl, twenty percent more that you're gonna have a cowgirl. Transgender. Yeah, transgender. Oh my god, I can't. Um, I can't. I'll, I'll say this in all in all sincerity that um having being a parent is it's definitely by far the best thing I ever did. Aww. Um, it's the mm-hmm. most fun I've ever had. I'm finally like a person like Aww. I was just a fucking slave before. Now it's ironic because I'm a slave to my kid. But, like, <laughs> but I make decisions that make sense now. It's like the only point, you know, I'm not going to say that the only point of living is to reproduce, but it's like if you're a fucking suspended adolescent spoiled person. <laughs> Stop it, Allie. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Allie is like giving me this look. Like, I am a person like... <laughs> 50% of the time. I didn't say anything. You're the one calling yourself out. I didn't say shit. You need to get a grip. And I'm telling you. You need to get a grip. It's, it's, I'm the same way. You know, I, I say this from experience. Like, I didn't give a shit about anything. And, and to, to give a shit about something that isn't, like, what I'm doing or how I'm partying or what I'm thinking about, it's just an amazing gift. And I say that, like, it, it's, a great, it's a great time, too. It's, my life is so, it's more fun. Like, playing with my kid is so fun, and being the person that can provide for them is fucking fun. It's good. I don't know. It's good for me. Yeah. I feel like... That's that's nice to hear, because I'm obviously super excited, but, like, I'm nervous, too, obviously, and I'm a workaholic, and I have so much going on, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be the best mom to her and, like, be able to do what I need to do, but also not give up things I'm doing and want to continue to be successful. So that makes me, like, feel good to hear that. Oh, but I'm totally unsuccessful. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, that's the thing. Like, you... Okay, so Dave wrote me this... Dave is a very talented writer and wrote me, like, the... I'll show it to Allie. The best email that has ever been sent to me. Really? Just... You're a good writer. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Well, I'll tell you, you what. Amanda Lauren will not say that anyone about is good like, at anybody. Anything. Like, first off, good at anything, but also writing because writing is obviously her niche, and she's a <laughs> really, really freaking good writer. So, like, all jokes aside, like, she's actually giving you a compliment. I, I, I appreciate it, and the thing is that I would agree with Chris normally because sometimes I really struggle with my writing. But I wrote that like on the train uh, one morning. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is coming out pretty good. And I, was like, I read it, and I was like, wow, it was actually, like, better than my usual writing. So I, I, I stand behind it. It was <laughs> really... Getting sober and stuff, and about, like, what worked for me. It was just, it was a nice little thing. Nice. And my blog was good. Yeah, your blog was pretty good. <laughs> my blog was very funny. Yeah. Um, but we should go. No, I know yeah. I was going to say, because we, we have to, we have someone else, but... <laughs> we <please>. should go. <laughs> you, they're, they're, like, so disturbed. Is it Mike D from the Beastie Boys? Who's next? <laughs> um, some girl named Tara Maki, and she she actually wrote this. This is like I don't know. The well, she's an, it's like a healthy living. Oh wait, expert. wait, wait! I didn't tell you this. What? So she like quit like psych drugs through like vi- vitamins oh, and nice. all. She wrote this book called Cured by Nature, and I didn't even realize that until like last night when I was doing research and doing my homework for this. And I'm like, the universe, I feel like, is trying to send me a message. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same and it, thing. It's really bothered. I'm like, no, like, <laughs> stop. like I'm like, oh, Amanda, no more drugs. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> They're laughing. This is I. You know what though? It's like universe. I I know. I'm just like trying to sort of. It's it's weird. Like I guess I'm just letting myself be a hot mess. And you are. Like, it's fine. I, I have been for a few months. Right. Yeah, but you're but you're embracing it. I I'm kind of like embracing it. It's, it's kind of it's kind of fun. No, you um, are. I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I know you like are tripping out and you're like, oh my god, I don't feel like a person. I'm waking up at four in the morning at night. But like, guess what? At some point, like when you do get pregnant, you're gonna have to freaking figure it out. So I mean, maybe it's good to like test yourself now. That that was the <laughs> saying that you know, dry January is gonna be a big failure. Just it's, it's already a success. success. It's already a success. Yeah. See, there you go. You got your your the yeah. for you. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't... She likes to focus on the past. She likes to focus on what she's not doing. I know. Oh, I know. This is one of my good friends. You don't have to tell me. She's not just my business partner. She's one of my good friends. Like, I yell at her all the time. I'm like, stop focusing on that shit and focus on this. Yeah. Yeah. Skyrocket yourself into the fourth dimension. I think it's the fifth dimension. The fourth dimension. <laughs> you guys are so funny how you correct each other. It's kind of hysterical. Uh, <laughs> they just, like, banter off each other. <laughs> 
Wait, so if I wanted to get my hands on, can we go back to the cookie? If I wanted to get my hands yeah. on one of these black and black cookies, or black, the, black and the Othello cookies, like, do I do it? Can I get them? Yeah, in 2019. Oh, <laughs> it's a long time to wait for a pregnant chick. I have, I have, I have a woman in upstate New York right now working on it, and I have a baker on Long Island trying to perfect the process. But I believe, and it's- somebody ripping it off in New Jersey, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, is there like a fellow milkshake or something? That's the original Dominican baker. She oh. can do that. Yeah, she's allowed to do but that. It, but it tastes like weed, which which weed edibles suck. They never taste good. Yeah. I kind of love the taste of weed personally, <laughs> yeah. but and I and I like weed edibles. I just didn't want my cookie, which didn't have. Didn't <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. I mean, it's like non-alcoholic beer. It's like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> I I've only had a few like really good like when I've gone to a few dispensaries in LA like a few really good edibles that are like like a chocolate brownie or like a cookie or like an ice cream. But I, I feel like it has to be certain an ice brand. cream. Yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like certain brands, certain things. Maybe that's what you should wean off on after driest January. I, maybe you should have like a little tub of ice cream, like just a little bit each the, night. You can't finish the tub. I know. You can I have don't. A little I have bit. like. I I know. This is like. I this is like not good advice for me, but I actually don't like edibles, so there you go. So where, I also I'm saying I don't think you'll taste it though. They don't taste no, you, me you like you do edibles. taste it though. You do except the Jolly Ranchers. I like the Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, you well that's dangerous. You, you guys really, really picked taste. a bad time to be sober because <laughs> in LA there is so much like so much weed at like so anything true. you want is now like available in weed form. I handle that shit. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get any higher. It's not like they invented a new way to get high. It's all the same shit. I, I've gotten as high as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> the, the only way I could be higher is if I was dead yeah. in the ground. I mean, that's the ultimate high. Yeah, I'm like, that's cannot the wait high, yeah. until the until the DMT is released <laughs> into my brain. Or, I mean, I mean, I, I would be open to grandfather ayahuasca paying a visit on a Christmas morning. Grandmother, <laughs> either way, whatever. They, either way. <laughs> We're all right though. It's okay. I can live without all the edibles. I've had all that shit. All the extracts, the shattered, the fucking. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck is yeah, the wait, 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 back it up. Shattered? What's shattered? Shattered is an dabs. extract. Dabs, right? Dabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like hash. Of, of, of THC oil that's crystallized, and you burn it with an incredibly hot flame. It's, it's, it's very powerful. I, I wait, is it the thing like you smoke with like a crack lighter? Yeah. yeah, it seems like that. There's actually an Instagram of some like grandmother that smokes dabs all the time. Yeah. Dabbing. If, if I if you're getting high, I really? recommend trying to dab. <laughs> Allie looked at me horrified that I used the term crack lighter. Yeah, did you by see the my way? face? Like she was like, I'm like, because it's like a different lighter. That you, I've never smoked crack, but I, I've used crack lighter many a times. Anyway. I was like, are you seeing my face? I'm like, well, what just happened? Not, not that I. Not Where did we remember. just go? Um, but Emmy just said that she, because she's sitting here, and she just said that she knows a lot. Of college students that do that, I maybe I'm just out of the loop. I don't know. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Uh, Ali is like the sweetest, most innocent little girl, and that's I what I. That, it's like it's compared like, to Amanda Lauren, maybe. I know she's like the angel, and I'm like the devil. But <laughs> so, where can people listen to your podcast and find your social? And of course, we'll have all of this in the show notes. Uh, just go to uh, the podcast app if you have an iPhone, iPhone, and type in Dopey or Google search Dopey Podcasts. It's the podcast, the podcast, the dark comedy of drug addiction, or it's like Regis and Kathy. If they Reed just type in, memes. if they Google Dopey podcast or at any podcast app, type in Dopey, it'll show right up. Dopey will come up. Yep. Dopey will come up. And uh, and you go to www.dopeypodcast.com for the worst website, the shittiest website ever. We ever. can't even. <laughs> literally, there's our t-shirt store. We get like. Five or six canceled orders a month. That's all we get. <laughs> process the credit cards and we're too dumb to fix it. They're like, we want this. Never mind. We want this. Never mind. Wait, and then wait. Did you did you tell them before we sign off? Did you tell them? Did they did they watch Bravo strips? I feel like they no. would actually laugh at it. No. Did you guys watch Ali on Bravo? No. We'll check. What, what is it? It's, so it? Bravo came out with this um, new show called Stripped. You guys <laughs> it is exactly it. what it sounds like. Um, and you're like super vulnerable and go through like every day without all your shit. Um, but I think you guys, because of your like humor and the way you two are, would actually find interest in it. Um, it's a series that's running, but I was the premiere episode. And the so, only one they re-ran. Yeah, and they re-ran us. Um, and they're oh, re-running right. us we'll again, check apparently. Check but yeah, you can find it on like On or on Bravo Demand 
friend or whatever. If you don't. So thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You guys it. are really funny. You guys are so, I know I told you they're super funny. Yeah. Um, and as we always say, be, be fabulous. fabulous. Bye. Bye. We, thank- we say stay strong, Dopey Nation. We don't <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love thank it. you guys for, for coming on. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Have a safe drive back. Thank you. I was driving. Bye. Bye. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. I want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad bad desires all I ever had and my shadows getting smaller smaller and it's time to where I stand shadows getting smaller and smaller and it's time to where I stand and I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave the busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds because peace and love are very 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 hard to find and I want to be good so bad want to be good so bad so bad I want to be good so bad bad desires all I ever had damn it all these suckers make me mad Suckers make me mad and I want to call my dad and it's all I ever had and it's all I ever had.